I started a new school in fourth grade, and I quickly learned that they were really into writing notes. Now, I don't mean like taking notes in class. I mean writing individual notes to each other and then passing them. I mean, hey, do you want to come over and ride bikes after school type of notes? They were written on this tiny piece of paper and everybody got really into like the folds and and it would say pull here. I remember this thrilling sense of passing the notes when the teacher was not looking. But then there was this haunting sense of you saw a note being passed and what if it wasn't coming to you? Passing notes is now a lost form of communication now that we have text messaging. It's just not as thrilling, in my opinion, to receive a text. Today, we are going to read a personal note. That's what many scholars call the book of Philemon. So before we look to the scripture, will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, I pray that as we read this today, that it would be like a personal note from you to us, teaching us how to love each other better, how to treat each other better, and how to do community in a better way. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. Now I'm gonna read through the scripture little bits by little bits and then make some comments on it. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and coworker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith towards the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. The Apostle Paul begins this personal note of only 335 Greek words in a unique way. Typically, Paul would say, I, Paul, an apostle, someone who has been sent out. But here, Paul says he is a prisoner, literally one bound in chains. Most scholars believe that Paul wrote this when he was in prison at the same time that he wrote the letter to the Colossians. It's interesting to me that although he is a prisoner, his master, he states, his owner, is Jesus. Paul sees this as a part of his life as a follower of Christ, being a prisoner to Christ. Verse 7, I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. Paul gets personal in his note. He calls Philemon his brother, a term of endearment. As my boys say, bruder or bra or bro, I told them they can call each other that as long as they don't call me their bro. In the early church, the Christians were so spread out in these tiny cities all throughout the Roman culture. And the churches, they met in homes and they would spring up after Paul or Timothy or Silas or some of the other apostles had been there. And yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, there was this understanding that we were community. This understanding that even we might not have met face to face, you and I are brother 
sister. We are family. Verse 8, for this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Paul is about to ask Philemon something pretty huge, and it's serious. He lets him know that he has the authority. Remember, Paul is the most important person in the Christian church at this time. So he could just tell Philemon what he needs him to do. But instead, he chooses to let him have an opportunity. He doesn't want to ask him this question so that Philemon feels like he has to, but because he wants to. You see, Paul sees relationships between different levels of people in a very different way. Whether you are high up in an organization or you're new to the organization, Paul uses this phrase, on the basis of love. He asks Philemon this question on the basis of love, on account of love, because of love. And with that, Paul has to find his relationship with Philemon, not outside of status, duty, obligation, or responsibility. This relationship that he has with Philemon He says, it is based in love. The way that we're going to communicate with each other is based in love. The love is agape love, love without condition. And Philemon would have known who the creator, sustainer, and ultimate example of that unconditional love is. It's in Jesus Christ. And so Paul appeals to his brother, Philemon, with the same love that Jesus has shown to all of us. I am appealing to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. And here's where we get into the heart of this personal note. While in prison, Paul has met a man named Onesimus. Apparently, this man was a slave of Philemon, Philemon. Somehow separated from his owner, maybe they took a trip and he accidentally got left behind. Maybe he ran away. Maybe he was sent by his owner to go help Paul while he was in prison. We don't know. But what we do know, little bits about this character, is that he somehow ended up in the same prison as Paul, and Paul shared the gospel with him. And then because of this transformation, Paul figuratively birthed 
Onesimus from an old life to a new life. And Paul refers to him as his child. And now it is time for Onesimus to return home. In preparation for his return, that easily could be contentious, Paul writes this note. You see, in first century Roman culture, slaves were not allowed to run away or suddenly go missing or get lost without severe consequences. Paul knows this, and he knows that Philemon knows this as well. Culture says that this slave should be punished physically. Culture says that this man is property, that he is not a servant of Christ, but rather a slave to a human master. Culture says that the fact that Paul knew about this and did not tell Philemon about this sooner, it means that Paul should have a consequence as well, especially paying the owner back for the wages and time of work lost. When Paul says that he is sending him back to Philemon, he says he is sending back his very heart. The Greek word that's used here for heart is splachnon. In the King James, it's red bowels. Paul intentionally uses this word in his note to Philemon so that Philemon can realize the depth of compassion and connection that he has for his child Onesimus. It makes me think of how my sister recently posted something on Instagram. It was a picture of her three kids. And, and then all the caption said was, my heart. I have heard from so many of you the stories of how your children, they are your life. They are your very heart, you tell me. It's apparent that Paul's heart has been transformed by his relationship with Onesimus. And so he asks in love on behalf of his brother that he might be set free from the consequence, from what he is due. And then the really huge ask that Onesimus be set free from the status of slave. He asks Philemon to have him back, not as a slave, but as a brother. And then he says this detail. In the flesh, as in the Lord. Paul is asking Philemon to not just accept Onesimus as a brother in Christ, but as a brother in the flesh. Paul asks Onesimus to consider, Paul asks Philemon to consider Onesimus as his equal. For him no longer to be master to, but brother of. You see, the love of God shown in Jesus Christ, the way we do relationships, especially relationships where one person appears to be justified to have more power or authority. This is where we treat another in a unique way. We treat one another like family. And so Paul leaves Philemon with these words. If you consider me your partner, welcome him as you welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me, even your own self, 
Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping through your prayers to be restored to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Paul says these words, welcome him back. Welcome him back. The word that's used here has a physical sense to it, to embrace him. In my first three months of being at Westlake Prez, I met over 600 of you at the visits with Emily that Teresa Ward and her Connect team so beautifully put together. And during those roundtable times, we asked you a lot of questions. And we asked you, what do you love about the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church and why have you stayed here in the midst of so much transition? And over and over and over, we heard the same things. This is my community. This is home to me. This is my family. When our family first moved here, life was all about transition, a lot of questions, and everything new. Did we make the right move? Why does every menu have queso on it? How in the world are we going to make this work for our family and our children at this stage of our kids' lives? I need you to know that one of the many things that gave Charlie and me a reminder that this was God's will were those answers. We saw how you loved each other so well and how you lived in community. With much gratitude, I can say our community. God has so richly blessed us with a community beyond what we could have ever imagined, a community that embodies the generous life, a community that shares a generous spirit, a community that cares so deeply for one another with these huge, generous hearts, a community who longs for people to be treated as equals, regardless of status or position, a community like family. It is because of your presence here, your service here, your leadership here, but it is also because of your financial support. We live in the fastest growing metropolitan city in our country. And many of you know all too well what it is like to move to a new place. My hope is that in 2021, we will find more ways to live into our mission to invite people into God's larger story as we follow Christ together. Will you partner with us in this mission? I hope you will make your pledge commitment today and invest in your faith family. The community of believers at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, may our pledges, may they be personal notes to our faith family, reminding ourselves and our community, this is where my heart is. This is home. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.